I'm a part-time rock star, but I go to work and work hard. I'm a part-time rock star, still gotta work. What's up? Welcome to episode five of the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. This week featuring Nick Thompson, otherwise known as Surfing on a Lake. Uh, Nick plays what I would describe as like chill acoustic rock with a little bit of rap mixed in. Uh, it really sounds kind of like Everlast to me, at least his voice. Um, it sounds like he plays a lot at the dock bars out in Annapolis, and I'm sure his style goes over well there. Um, he also plays at various places around the DMV. He's got his music out on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff, so you can definitely check him out and give him a follow. Add his stuff to your playlist if you feel like it. Um, in any case, I hope everybody's doing all right out there and out there in the quarantine. I've kind of lost track of how many days it might be right now. But uh, if you do have to go out, hopefully you're staying safe and healthy and all that as well. Um, in any case, uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Episode 5 with Nick Thompson, surfing on a lake. So it's me, to me and you, but I'm a part-time rock star. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 5 of the podcast, uh, Part-Time Rockstar. I'm here with my buddy Nick of Surfing on the Lake, as his stage name goes. And um, yeah, you're the first person to hit me up a little bit sight unseen, in the sense that I haven't met you in person before. Yeah, I've been um, I've been working on my social media game, and one of the, the, um, the hashtags I follow is Maryland Music and DMV Music, and uh, I think I'm not sure which one you popped up on, but I I know that you popped up on something revolving around the area of Maryland. Yeah, and I mean for me that's kind of been the the goal with starting this in the first place is I felt like I haven't met a whole lot of people just through playing because I guess as a musician you know how it is you show up to the gig you play the gig even if there's other bands there and other stuff going on you don't necessarily get time to talk to people especially like later on say in the month or something it's like a one-time thing where it's a 10-minute conversation and then that's it so i felt like i didn't get to know people that i was playing with and i thought this would be a more fun way to get people out there and just kind of do that thing for sure um i mean there's definitely a lot of open mics in the area and um there's even some online open mics i you know if you want i can uh, I can hit you with the invite on that, but there's one called Livestream Open Mic, and it's a lot of people from up and down the East Coast. I probably and, should. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. They have bands on there. Um, but what I'm finding is that, like, with all these different open mics, like, you'll meet this one person one time, and then a year and a half later, you either see them in person or see that they have mutual friends or follow somebody that you follow like oh hey oh like there's this dude named uh spanish mike yeah um you know i keep seeing him in random places like uh, i saw him at an open mic at stan and joe's in annapolis a year later i saw him at an open mic in baltimore hmm. uh, and then i was teaching some lessons for a little while at garrett park music 
and uh, I saw his picture on the wall. Like, oh, that's Mike. That's Mike such and such, and he's playing music. He's uh, teaching lessons here. And I was like, oh, I know him as Spanish Mike. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, you mentioned Odenton uh, when we first started talking, and I know that uh, Moni's open mic is uh, sort of in that area in, in Gambrels. Um, you said Moni's? Moni's or Moni's? I actually yeah. don't. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, you've been, you been in there? Yeah, a couple times. Um, I guess uh, Cavusi is the dude who, who runs that one. Yeah, Cavusi is a, is a staple in in this uh, in this this East Coast, and especially in Maryland, but he... In the Annapolis area, Cavusi is is very well known. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because the first couple times I went there, I obviously didn't really know, <laughs> but I've been following him on uh, on social media and all that. So shout out to Cavusi if maybe one day you listen to this. Um, but yeah, it's something that I've been trying to get more into, and it sounds like you're pretty decently connected in that scene. Um, I watched some of your videos. We could talk about that. Uh, I haven't, I was also going to ask where you play and stuff like that too. Man, wherever the book me. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's usually the way it goes. My last gig was at this place called the Szechuan Inn. And, um, it's just this random Chinese place that like, I mean, they got, they got sushi and it was pretty good. Um, but it's like, it's literally tucked into this strip mall in some place that, that you're like, it's in Severna Park. And I must have like looked up places that had live music, um, and then dropped a card off to them. But I know that I had, it had been more than a year since I had dropped my card off up there. And, um, you know, one day when I was sitting there at my day job thinking like, damn man, my my music's never going to take off. And then (laughs) I get to, I get this call from the Chinese restaurant, like, uh, and they're like, Hey, do you want to come play? I was like, yeah, hell yeah, man, I'll be there. Tell me the time. I'll be there. And, yeah. uh, you know, they paid me all right. And, and uh, I had a good time. A lot of people came out and nobody threw a tomato at me. So <laughs> successful in my book. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was one of the things that uh, the next thing I was probably going to mention was basically your listeners or people, your friends, family, whoever will probably listen to this episode. Um. But my listeners wouldn't necessarily know your music. So what I usually do at the end of the podcast is plug one of your songs, uh, whichever one you feel like is your latest hit, generally. Um, So my next question is sort of, how would you describe your music? Um, I can take a a stab at it as an objective uh, listener, maybe, but I'll give you the first go. You know what? I'd I'd rather you tell me what you think it is, because I never really know what to classify myself as. Yeah, I mean, it's the struggle of the musician, right? But, um, no, I was just listening to the, the links you sent me, and, um, I mean, Tiny tiny Bottles of Beer jumped out at me a little bit. Just because it's so chill, it sounds like you could have written it while you're sitting on a beach. It's a little reggae rock. Um, and, again, for the listeners out there, I think you kind of have an ever, Everlast voice, um, which is definitely, I think, a huge compliment. Um, I know I have a, I have a slightly deep voice, too as far as a singer goes so um that's one dude that kind of jumps out at me immediately but you sound a little bit more light a little bit more reggae a little bit more laid back rock um plus you got the the rap mixed in there although i don't know who's necessarily rapping on in the individual tracks no that's me 
Oh, okay. Oh, well, oh I wasn't actually, sure. actually, the um, the song that I sent you it was uh, called "You Had to Be There." I actually have a, some a friend of mine rapping on that one. Okay, so, yeah, it definitely sounded like somebody different, maybe on that one. But um, regardless, uh, I definitely added it to my Spotify uh, playlist. And on a day like today, when we're just sitting around drinking margaritas, is pretty much perfect. Um, usually, I'm kind of importing in some uh, Southern California reggae rock, but uh, maybe as a tangent, we could talk about the local reggae rock, because that's definitely on my list of things to ask you, was if you're connected or influenced by the local reggae rock scene, Naptown, you know, basically Bumpin' Uglies, Ballyhoo, those types of dudes. So I didn't know too much about that stuff until I got on um, that live stream open mic, and, you know... I, I mean, I've heard, of, of course, I've heard of the bumpin', the bumpin' Uglies, but I had never, like, taken the time to be like, hey, let me listen to this. I really didn't know too much about that stuff until, um, until I got on the live stream open mic group on Facebook, and, you know, I saw all these different people, like, uh, there's a band called Days Ago, I'm not sure if you heard of them. I don't think um, that I have. It's spelled D-A-Z-E ago kind of like uh like you know oh yeah we're getting high so we're so yeah we're in the days i mean i but, know a folk punk band named days and days but that's that's probably a little yeah, different cool. yeah for sure um but the song um i can't i can't remember the name of the song that uh, bumpin uglies did but it's the name of a street and they're talking about where they rented a house for a year for a summer or whatever and they just had too much of a party and somebody went through the wall do you know what i'm talking about i think it might be city by the bay no, uh, that, that... I, I've heard "City by the Bay" too. Okay, but it's um, it's like something Avenue, something on Tyler Avenue or something. It's yeah. It's... I mean, I, I could look it up now, but I kind of get what you're saying. But um, that was the first time. That was my first exposure to them actually hearing their music, and uh, I think they're pretty cool. Um, and I think that it's cool that they got like a you know a, a pretty decent following for you know, a local act, which is, you know, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, they're out there crushing it, uh, out on the road, probably playing, you know, 20 shows a month or something. But, uh, it seems like Maryland may be increasingly known for the reggae rock, uh, for better or worse. I don't know, <laughs> but you got ocean city and, you yeah. know, and then on top of that, you got all the stoners that make their pig, uh, pilgrimage across the bridge to go hang out at the beach and, you know, I know I did that back in the day. I um, I would uh, I would I would go uh, in my mom's convertible down to the beach, and like sleep in the car for like a week at a time at like parks and stuff like that. And man, I had a blast. And yeah, God, sleeping out on the beach. I had my with me. Yeah, so I mean, you got a a well of material to work from with that alone, even without probably using your adult days, you know. For sure. I got this one song that um, it's called, it's like summertime. It draws on that summertime and the living's easy. Um, yeah. But mine starts off with, I'm laying naked on the bed. I got a pounding in my head. Um, But I just remember this, this, uh, I remember this one night where I did get a, like a cheap hotel room. It's like the cheapest hotel room in uh, Rehoboth. It was like, 50 bucks and it was on the strip and we went streaking down the strip and you know i ran up into my room and i 
woke up in the morning, my head was pounding. And I was like, and uh, and then I wrote a song about it, you know? So it's, and I ha I've yet to record it just because, I don't know, maybe I'm afraid of it, you know? It's like one of those songs that I want it to be so good, uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah, I feel like everybody likes to write hangover songs, but if it makes you feel any better, I wrote a song once called Taco Bell, and it's out on the internet. But honestly, it goes over pretty well live. People seem to like it. So What's it about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, That's cool, though. I guess you kind of never know what people are going to like, and sometimes it's the simple shit. But Is that what you guys are doing? You're doing like the reggae rock thing? Uh, no, we have maybe one, two reggae rock songs, but I guess I'd classify us as like almost grunge. Most people just say we sound kind of nineties and that largely has to do with my voice being kind of deep and being kind of not quite Kurt Cobain or anything like that, but that's just kind of how I sound. Um, but I'll, you guys cover Nirvana a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a guitar player, so I'm kind of oriented toward the, the rock world for sure um but yeah i mean we could talk about some of your influences because i feel like you know of your friends they might want to kind of know where you got your start or what fired you up in the first place and um that sort of thing well i mean i found a toy guitar at a friend's house a long time ago and that was like the first time i picked up a guitar but um I'll give you a funny story, okay? So um, I always would, like, mess around with, like, loop software as a kid. Um, but I was living in Baltimore County. Right on. And I, shout out. Yeah, I was, <laughs> shout out to Baltimore County. <laughs> County boys. But um, I went to Eastern Tech, and um, I played football. And one of these guys that I played football with is like, Come with me in this one morning. So we, he, like, I followed him, and we went to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on in here? And everybody's shooting dice in the bathroom. They're like, there's, there's a dice game in the bathroom. And, um, you know, so I started hanging out there and getting my money taken. Just, <laughs> I just wanted to be cool. But um, uh, one day, that, that guy, uh, his name was Nick Terry. He actually brought another friend of mine. His name's uh, Tony Jones. I had never met him before, but until that day. But Tony Jones is like a, he's a relatively well-known producer from Baltimore, like rap producer. And yeah. um, he gave me my first beat-making software. It's called Reason. He gave me a cracked version of that. And, uh, you know, I, I've been using Reason ever since, making beats with that. And it all started from that dice game. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can see that you definitely have a strong rap influence behind what you do. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It, it's really laid back. It's chill. And um, honestly, it's just easy to listen to. Appreciate so that. hopefully you keep putting out the new stuff. I know you gave me maybe a sneak peek of what you're putting out. Um, I haven't. I, I don't know for anyone listening if it when it's coming out. But if you want to give people a heads up on anything like that, I'd say go go ahead. Well, so I've been working with this dude to, to increase my... Um, social media presence and and get more of a wider audience yeah and um he was like man you should pull pull down most of your 
your music and stop and, and only leave like one song that's performing very well, which is Riding Out. And it's actually produced by that friend who I met a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and so that one ha- is that's my that was my only song that had over a thousand plays. So I left it up there. We pulled down everything else. Uh, now we're working on releasing singles mm-hmm. to um, to drive the traffic just to those singles instead of, you know, like just having like, you know, my 20 friends listen to my song, you know, yeah. 10 times. That definitely seems to be the modern strategy. Pretty much everybody I'm talking to now is on that or working that angle, um, sort of myself included. I'm putting out an EP so it's a batch of songs, but I already have like a new single out. So I don't know. It, it seems to be, especially with streaming, it seems to make the most sense to just kind of give people one song at a time. Let them love it. Let them hate it. You know, digest it, whatever. And then, boom, you can put out a new one whenever you want. So, yes, first. Um, I Okay, so I should say my single is coming out april 10th and that one is called wild ride right on um that's got kind of like it's there's an acoustic guitar on it but it's kind of like edm ish um like the the build up it's got like and then like explosion or whatever (laughs) but there's acoustic guitar in it and it's about the same kind of thing it's about like traveling it's about like uh wearing tank tops and um like the first the first line is uh stamps on my passport shades on my face yeah right on uh, so that's what it's about the single the single has the regular song like an acoustic version that I actually played the dobro and the mandolin on so you know what I mean like EDM to dobro blah 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 whatever yeah you gotta then mix it's got it up a, yeah man for sure then it's got the instrumental version of the regular song. So, you know, trying to offer that content. Um, but when you have just a little bit of stuff and then you kind of like push everybody towards that little bit of stuff, it makes people want to be like, oh, well, I wonder what's coming next. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, plus, if you got a banger, as they say, might as well point people towards that. You know, for sure. All killer, no filler. There's no reason to beat around the bush if you got something good going on. Yeah. Have you ever recorded a full length album? I did on my first go, and um, I don't know, no regrets. It was maybe ambitious because I probably didn't have my feet under me very well as a songwriter. But on the other hand, it felt really, really easy. So. I don't know. I guess only time will tell. I think we had a a couple songs that still seem to go over well, but in the long run, I guess I don't think my voice had really caught up to me. Um, so that's probably my biggest concern with those old recordings compared to the newer ones. Right. So my point in asking is that, like, so when, you know, when you put that full album out, of course you're going to have, like, you know, three songs that you're, like, super proud of or you know, at most five, but then there's like some others that you really like the idea and you think that it could have been something more like looking back on it on hindsight, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, for sure. I, I could have definitely put some more time into that song and it would have been better, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if you just put like, if you, 
you know, take the time to breathe a little bit and then, um, like only put out the stuff that you're like, sure. think okay. it's going to go over really, really well. Yeah. I think that, yeah, statistically that's like the best way, best strategy to have. I guess there's always going to be that thought that's like, well, maybe that one song that I didn't try very hard on and I thought was kind of cheesy or shitty ends up being a song people like. And so sometimes people just put out stuff for the sake of putting it out with that mindset. That's the only one I've heard that could maybe counter your logic. But again, I'm right. probably more on your side than that side. I well, the, the, the whole like, you know, conscious like movement that's going on right now, like where everybody's like, everybody's an artist and everybody's a creator. Like they, the idea behind it is that you should just not judge what you're creating and throw it out there. And then, you know, something will stick, but there's so much noise out there. Yeah. It's oversaturated. There's so much. So, noise. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that overall as an artist, you just sort of have to go, that was practice or that was like, a stepping stone in reference to like maybe writing a song, but it doesn't mean every song you write is worth putting out there. Like I, I don't know what people's numbers are, but I, I think that for every one song you actually put out and record and promote, you probably wrote at least 20 or at least right, 10 yeah. that you were like, eh, maybe we'll work on it. We'll keep it on the back burner. And you know, that's all that ever happens. Um, okay, so you know, everybody loves Zeppelin. All right, everybody loves Led Zeppelin. Hell yeah. Maybe I'm speaking for for well, myself I, and most people I know. I get into but, fights over Zeppelin over Beatles, but right, anyway, it's different. Sure. So, Ramble On, amazing song, right? Every, like it's just so well put together. The, the oh, yeah. Over the Hills and Far Away. I'm sorry, Over the Hills and Far Away is also such a great song, and you know they're they're amazing. But then you've got a song like The Crunge. I don't know if you've ever heard The Crunge by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I got their anthology, man. You're speaking my my language on that number. It's like a it's like a stab at funk, and that song is awful. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. Well, I mean, I, there's plenty of songs that I don't like by Zeppelin, but I think that overall they they usually hit the nail on the head for whatever they're exactly. doing. I mean, their legacy is going to be you know, their their, the the overall amazing span and scope of their songs, but it's not going to be like those couple crappy songs that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, all killer, no filler. That's really the only strategy. If you don't think you have a real banger on your hands, you probably shouldn't put it out, but the temptation's there because given how easy it is to put music out now with all the platforms, DistroKid and CD Baby and the rest of them, you can put out dog shit songs, no problem. <laughs> I had a distributor uh, that when my first project it was called uh, Journey of a Thousand Miles. Yeah, that I put that out for free. Hmm. I uh, through a service called Level, and you know I didn't pay a cent. You know, with CD Baby, you're playing like you know eighty nine bucks, right? Yeah. Level didn't pay a cent, nothing. But you no. probably weren't allowed to make anything either, right? No, I was making money off of that. Oh, okay. So what happened to that? Um, I pulled it down. I mean, Ride Now is still up, which is okay. the one that has um, the the song that's available on Spotify. But um, 
uh, and it's still collecting it uh, revenue. And you know, I I probably made fifty bucks uh, for my off my first year of of streaming. I mean, which is nothing, you know, but not bad. Still, at least yeah. you made something. At least you're in the positive, I guess. Somebody listened for to sure. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about the trend, right? I mean, you gotta have the the upward trend. So, I don't know. Even this podcast has like doubled every time I've released an episode. So I have no idea who's listening, but maybe somebody in Alaska is, according to the the statistics. So that's cool. I mean, there's millions uh, of people in Maryland too, man. You know? Yeah, I know, and I, I think that it's actually maybe a thriving scene. You know, if you look at the whole of it. So, I think anybody, a lot of people deserve some some promotional stuff out there. So that's part of what this is. Are you running ads on Instagram? I will be. Right now, I'm pretty new to the podcast game. So again, sure. uh, gracias. <laughs> Thank you for for being kind of an early test subject, but you're all, always invited back. Uh, this, no, I'm like I said, this, dude. This will be episode five or six, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? It just seems like something easy to do, and given that we're all in quarantine now, this is like perfect. I'm pretty much lining people up. I'm just like everybody's doing oh, yeah. Facebook Live, and everybody's you know online constantly now. So it's like if you wanna. Try it out. I mean, I, I think I'd encourage people to do it on their own, too. It just seems simple. If you're used to recording music, why not record yourself talk, I guess? Well, yeah, talking to you, man, it kinda, it's kind of giving me the idea maybe I could do this. Yeah, it's um, not hard. You just interview people. Um, so I actually had the lady from upstairs uh, come downstairs because I was like making, you know, I was making a beat or whatever. And uh, this guy said he wanted like a Post Malone type track. So I was like... I had my 808s, boom, 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 yeah. boom. And I, I must have been playing the same beat for like an hour. And then, you know, the lady from upstairs comes down and starts, you know, giving me a whole bunch of shit about that. Yeah, so. probably driving nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you got to like, I don't I don't know, try to make them songs or invite them to the shows or something. Um, speaking of shows, I would normally ask about, you know, when are your next shows, where to, where to come see you, given that that's not going to happen right now. Maybe what are some of your normal haunts, or where do you play consistently, if you have consistent gigs? I play a lot of dock bars. Um, right on. So, then I've heard you sing, for sure. Oh, yeah? I can't I can't say that for absolute certainty, but in the summer, I'm down there plenty. So I can pretty much say I've heard your voice before, but just didn't know it was you. <laughs> I've Well, then that's a good thing. I've uh, played both Mike's Crab Houses. Um if you're familiar, you familiar with Mike's Crap House? Oh yeah. Okay, played both of them. Um, I've played uh, the former Coconut Joe's and uh, the Oyster Pier, so I've played both of those. Right on. Yeah, my family's uh, got a boat, so we're always out there hanging out. Um, personally, uh, I guess my music doesn't really, probably wouldn't go over for that crowd. I'm still kind of getting over my teenage adolescence, maybe in my thirties. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh, so, but yeah, Very no, angsty. Yeah, probably too much so still. But yeah, your music sounds like yeah, that's exactly what I'd want to listen to if I was just chilling out on the beach, chilling out in the dock bar. I appreciate that, man. I saw some of the, uh, I think they were new music videos, so I guess, they have, again, they probably haven't been released yet. Uh, 
to the broader well, public, but they look pretty right. chill. I yeah. appreciate that, man. I use Fiverr a lot. Have you ever used that? Fiverr? Yeah. Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't used it. All right, man. Hey, I swear it's one of the best things there ever was because um, they have so many services on there, whether it be like video editing or uh, voiceover work or session musicians or anything, anything you can think of. Um, like the video that I sent you that had like the girls dancing in it or whatever. Yeah. Um, I spent, you know, I spent a good chunk of change on that video. Uh, well, on that song plus the video because, you know, I hired a saxophone player and I mean, it was cheap. And I was like, I want you to play, I want you to improvise over this 30 second part. And then he sent me like two takes and I took those takes and I spliced them throughout the song. Um, and I paid him 15 bucks. Uh, there was a Jamaican dude on the beginning. I paid him 20 bucks. And then for the video, you know, I probably spent 200 bucks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a damn good the, deal. Yeah, yeah now, so now that you mentioned that, somebody has been telling me about that for if you need certain just random clips. Like, even for a podcast, if you wanted, like, background music, some people I know have used it for that. Um, I'm about to drop this promo video for the single. Yeah. And uh, it, I hired this dude in India to, like, be just weird as shit. <laughs> and yeah. he, like, comes out of the woods, and he's like, <laughs> hello. Uh, you know, and he, like, he was like, I just told him what I wanted it, what what I wanted him to say, and I paid him, and then he sent me this video back within a couple of hours, and then boom, that was it, and uh, and you know, I'm the biggest advocate of Fiverr. I really think that it's just such an awesome platform. Yeah, it definitely looks like if you need that random content to fill in your videos or whatever it is, it seems to work. Um, if you ever need any guitar playing stuff done, I'm not saying I, I'd be the one. I mean, I could, but uh, I know some dudes in Nashville via the guy I record with too. So, um, okay, they might be more expensive though. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll wait until we get that platinum record on the on the wall before we start paying <laughs> yeah. three hundred dollars for a guitar part. Yeah, my buddy was like, "Do you want the drummer from on your new song?" I was like, "Um." I don't know how much they're going to cost, man, but... Uh, Did he tell you? Uh, it's at least 100 bucks. Uh, oh, that's not bad. But I think it was probably closer to 500 So Okay, that's... that's per see, track, I mean... You know what I mean? And it starts getting expensive fast, because if you want an adjustment or whatever, then it's like... You know, you're probably looking at it grand. Um, but again, I don't really remember the specific number. I didn't get that quoted, but it was in that neighborhood. Did you ever, you ever heard of Project Pat? No, I have not. He's a rapper that used to be associated with 3-6, 3-6 Mafia. And, um, he'll do a verse on your song for a thousand bucks. I mean, I, I'm not paying that. Maybe one day if I'd like, if I make some money at this, but, but, uh, thousand dollars for a verse i don't know about that yeah no i mean a hundred bucks is pretty much a going rate to, for any musician to do anything on your track most of the time so if you get anyone to do anything for less than that it's definitely a good deal i um, um 
I got a gig on Fiverr. I do. Uh, I I produce like whole acoustic tracks for like fifty bucks. Oh, okay. So do people find you on Fiverr via screen name, or do they look? How do they find you? Um, I mean, I would have to share. Like, I would have to hit like a share on it. But I'm surfing on the lake on there too. So yeah. Uh, but you know, you just open it up, and you there's just a plethora of people on there. Um, myself, like I definitely could charge more, but I just want to, I want to work. So I, you know, if you pay me 50 bucks, I'm good. Like, and I've been working with this, this one person, um, a couple times and, uh, you know, she left me like a $40 tip on the last order. So yeah, man, you can't beat that. No, not at all. Um, all right. So did you mention when your new music comes out or your new single comes out? Um, April 10th. April 10th. All right. So we got that nailed down. Um, outside of that, any goals or plans? Uh, I mean, once all this blows over, I assume you're out there playing the dock bars and booking gigs that way. Uh, you better and better. You are usually a solo act, right? Or, uh, yeah, but I have been known to put together like an impromptu band. Um, right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Maybe some random questions here. Favorite food? Potato skins. Interesting answer. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> bacon or no I bacon? Did. What? <laughs> Come on. That was a faux pas. That was not a good question. No, no, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Of course, bacon. <laughs> Always right, yeah. bacon. Yeah, my, uh, my fiance likes those too. Uh, do you have a spirit animal, especially as it pertains to like when you're playing music? Because I have, a spirit. I asked this because I have a kind of a a strategy for this one but is that right i don't know if there's that's a weird question for most people or not when i'm playing music or just a spirit animal in general you could start with that i mean i'd say like a shark or an eagle right something on. that kind of that floats you know what i mean and uh yeah. it's like i don't know <laughs> I, w- I was about to say majestic <laughs> but if anybody's heard me sing they're like that oh. ain't majestic, buddy. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it's kind of a bipolar answer, but like for me on a day to day basis, I'd probably go with like a sea turtle, something chill. But okay. when I'm on stage, I like to think of like a tiger. So it's kind of funny, but a lot of times, if I have like anything with a tiger on it, a t-shirt or just a necklace or something, I always kind of keep that nearby because I feel like when you're on stage, you gotta you gotta be a little bit ferocious. You gotta be able to take some heat. You know, maybe I'm so. a golden retriever then. <laughs> yeah, be able to spit, uh, spit it back at people when they're giving you shit. Right? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, I'm sure you're, you're playing, more talented than that. No one talks shit about you. <laughs> no, no, hell no, man. People, people. Uh, somebody broke my mic stand a couple times. Uh, shit, were you trying to steal their girl or something? No, they just <laughs> they were they were like they were drunk. Like I played the Crofton Cantina. Ooh. And somebody was fucking hammered, dude. And uh, and uh, he stepped on my mic stand and bent it all to hell. Um, I used to be a potbelly musician. So, uh, like, you, ever been, you know, potbelly had like... Singer, open mics, like, right? sing- No. Well, they, they, some of them have open mics. But for at one point, I quit my job and I was driving Uber and playing potbelly. Oh, okay. Uh, so you were just and, a regular musician there. Yeah, I got paid like 15 bucks an hour 
and you know you're doing the lunch thing and people don't want to hear you sing you know margaritaville at fucking oh yeah no on a tuesday and uh you know, I was playing the, the, the pot belly and buoy, and this guy was like, um, can you turn that down? I'm trying to eat. Uh, you know, people would kick my tip bucket across the room. Damn. Uh, yeah, Hard I times. Mean, I've had some <laughs> shitty experiences uh, gigging. I've had some great ones, but I've had some really shitty experiences. Yeah, gigging. that's funny because, I mean, my, a, a normal question I ask is like, best gigs, worst gigs, go. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> if you got well, good stories. I've had I've I've been double booked before, like where I show up, I'm counting on this money to pay a certain bill or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, we double booked, sorry." Um, I mean, that sucks. Uh, when people tell you, like, like, like to turn it down, or they kick your your tip bucket across the room, or, um, uh, or. The, the best ones are like when you're at, when I was at the pot belly, I'd be sitting there. Somebody would sit at the table in front of me and then they would either put their headphones in like, right. Or they would like play like an entire YouTube video, like the entire thing. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah. That's shitty. I best, guess it happens. Experiences though. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it comes with the territory when you're playing places, people don't expect there to be someone playing music i guess some people are just dicks too um, um it's true but hold on hold on best was um i i played at my alma mater i went to wesley college in dover delaware and um i played for like a homecoming thing after i graduated and um i had a crowd of maybe 300 400 people and uh you know Everybody was seated, um, you know, so everybody's staring right at you. It's dark, so the spotlight's right on my face, and I'm the only person on the stage, and, you know, when I'm telling a joke, people are laughing. Uh, people are clapping along in sync with my beat, and, and that, was, that was really uh, the coolest experience that I've ever had uh, performing. When people are truly involved and in what you're playing, it's awesome. That's what um, we all do it for. Right. Um, you know, as of right now, I think the the most that I can hold somebody's attention fully without them, like, checking their Instagram is, like, maybe 10 minutes. I'd like to get to the point where, like, I can just so engross people that much. So, yeah, that brings up a topic that I like to talk about, especially with other musicians, which is just giving people stories when you're playing live and what i mean by that is um when you're on stage it's it's not enough in my opinion as an audience member to have someone play at you without giving you a little bit of a hint about maybe why you wrote the song why you're playing the song what it means to you like people love that shit again i'm kind of speaking more from an audience member i think than someone on stage but one of the videos you sent me, and again, I, I think it's not released yet, you were on stage and you actually kind of gave the backstory to the song that you were about to go into. And that, to me, just separates musicianship by like a mile. And I'm doing things with my hands now to kind of <laughs> show the distance. <laughs> yeah, Won't see. show up on the podcast. But it just shows a level of like professionalism or just showmanship 
that I think a lot of musicians don't get to, at least initially. So clearly you're at the level where you're willing to try to engage with people and get them involved and let them see your side of the story before just going into like a nine minute jam on E minor that has a looper and a guitar solo and some lyrics no one knows shit about. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my rant on that. But I feel like you're on the same page there. And if you want to add anything to that, I mean, by all means, I I don't know if that's me talking or a question. (laughs) No, I hear what you're saying. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, I sent that one to you for, for the reason that, you know, I sent you the music video and then I sent you the live performance just so they kind like, you know, you get a backstory of it. And you, yeah, I wanted you to know who I was. And Yeah, you know. I appreciated that. Appreciate. I actually don't do enough it. of that myself at all, um, which is part of the reason I'm doing this podcast. Uh, but, Open mics, baby. That's it. Open yeah. mics and, and playing in front of people who don't give a shit and then knowing that there's freedom in the fact that people don't give a shit. It gives you the chance to be like, well, you know... Uh, I'm going to play this song, not that y'all give a damn that I'm even here, but uh, if I if I die while I'm on stage, just uh, make sure that you you know throw me out back or something. Yeah, but it's a great feeling if you are able to get those people's attention and you're yeah. able to translate your message somehow and you know i'm not i'm not being like negative or whatever i'm just saying like that's that's something that i that i that i've said before on the stage like, oh yeah because it's a good line like, i might y- steal it yeah right of course <laughs> man it's i mean it's i'm not the first one to come up with that like you know you go up there and people are trying to watch the hockey game and shout out to hockey uh, <laughs> right I, I i'm a hockey fan so right for sure um, like uh and then you're you're about to launch into "Come as You Are" or whatever, like you know, uh, you know, not that y'all give a damn, but this song is uh, da da da. Uh, I like this song, and like you know, you you get the, like I said, you get the freedom of knowing that nobody cares, yeah. because I think I think as musicians we kind of cripple ourselves sometimes by thinking like, well, uh, this has to be perfect, and I want you know to give off the right impression, blah blah blah, but you go up there. And nobody's looking at you except for maybe two people. Uh, the host is try- is hitting on some chick and, you know, your sound level sucks. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple questions that I might fire off would be like, usually ask people guilty pleasures or vices that you're willing to oh. say on microphone. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, if you want, uh-uh. I can go into like mine if it makes it easier. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> I'm not uh-uh. going into like fetishes here. Just like <laughs> no, no, fun not... stuff that people no. might not expect. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I like going places. I like going to random ass places. Like, uh, you know, I like to, I like to, I really like to explore. You know what I mean? I like to explore places um, like when I was young, not when I was younger. Well, I was younger, but when I was like in my mid twenties, I used to like go places barefoot all the time. Like I remember I caught the Mark train from my mom's house down to DC barefoot with my guitar. And I just walked around DC with my guitar barefoot. And like, you know, the cops are like, Hey, you can't, you can't do that. But like, you know, I was like, well, what do you want me to do? You know? So um nah, that's kind of uh old school busking right there yeah yeah I, some some I, some chick followed me on instagram 
uh, while I was sitting in this park. And like she was with this group of people. I guess they thought I was homeless because they started giving me clothes. Well, with, yeah, without the <laughs> shoes, I mean, you're starting to give that away that vibe. <laughs> All you yeah. need is a tent. Carry that yeah. around. And a van down <laughs> by the river. Yep. Yeah. Um, so kind of to wrap it up, we'll just kind of reiterate where to find you. What's the best place? I know Spotify is usually what people say, but uh, your name is Surfing on the Lake. Yeah, so you can find me at Surfing on the Lake across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But I also have a couple different other Instagrams just trying to expand my reach. Right on. Um, my other Instagram that I can say off the top of my head is uh, Nick Thompson Music 1017. All right. Um, so, but Nick Thompson on Music Lake. 1017, just for the short term memory challenged people. Surfing on the lake with no G. Right on. All right. Um, are there any stories, shout outs you want to mention maybe before we wrap it up? Well, shout out my mama. Yeah. Oh, shout out God. <laughs> <laughs> well, parents uh, like to listen to these shout things. Shout out man. my wife. Shout out my uh, my parents. Um, I also would like to say rest in peace to uh, my grandfather who passed away recently. Rest in peace to one of my best friends. Julian Jones, uh, he's gone, but not forgotten. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to like, I could, I don't know. I don't want to go on and on and on, but appreciate you for having me on here. And, uh, hopefully that we can continue to interact with one another outside of this. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason to do this is just kind of, so we know each other exists. So, you know, not necessarily saying we can swap gigs or anything, but at least if I run into you <laughs> in, in the dock bars, but ah, <laughs> all right, what's up, Nick? Um, I might uh, if I start if I start a podcast, maybe I'll get you on there. Oh, that would be sick. Um, but I'll connect with you afterwards and see what's up. Yeah, I mean it's super easy. The hardest part is honestly picking a platform, and you know I'm not even sure I've picked the right one off the get go. I'm still learning about it and figuring out all that so if you need any i don't know pointers i could maybe help you out <laughs> but it's not awesome. that hard you've got the hardest part figured out which is probably garage band and all that all right so i'm probably gonna right, my dude. cut my audio here magic was in the night nobody had a mood was just right So yeah, thanks for sticking around and tuning in if you made it this far. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. Again with Nick, Nick Thompson, otherwise known as Surfing on a Lake. Um, in the background here, you're hearing one of his songs called You Had to Be There. Um, off an EP called Riding Out. It's on iTunes. Uh, next week's episode will be with Kristen Rebecca, uh, an artist in the area. He's been touring a little bit out on the West Coast. Um, again, hopefully everybody's being safe and staying healthy under the circumstances. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that uh, my band, The Hollow Truths, put out some new songs this week on the usual places. Uh, the EP is called Parasocial. 
But anyway, just want to thank Nick for coming on and supporting the podcast, and uh, hopefully this helps him out as well. Anyway, see you next week.